Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today is Johnny Venerable, Tirsten Sustel, and the one and only Espo. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good. Fantastic. I, I, I excited. Feel I feel a little out of my out of my room. I've got the big headphones, the big mic, and everybody else looks TV ready. So, <laughs> I just want to point out though, Espo, your glasses, your glasses color, the frame matches your entire Cardinals setup, which you so kindly transitioned <laughs> from the sun to Cardinals for us. So, um, you are like killing it over there with your setup. <laughs> I got a sun show in an hour. It'll all go back right after. So, <laughs> also, where do the rest of us get some of that uh, fake brick wallpaper? Yeah, this is real. This is real brick. Actually, yeah. I laid it myself. <laughs> yep, you can my see the texture. Here. Closet I'm in came with the brick uh, automatically. I <laughs> not not wallpaper. As for you, actually in a closet. Yeah, I oh my, my God. I have a home studio set up in a walk-in closet. So incredible! I'm gonna start yeah. calling you Harry Potter for fun. <laughs> uh, nicer hey, than what the Suns guys call me. Oh, I'm one more right. kid away from doing that same setup, Espo, losing my <laughs> office and having that replicated in our bedroom. So I can't make fun of you there. Hey, my, my home studio is in a walk-in closet. My home office is in half the laundry room. So that is uh, <laughs> that is my setup here. Incredible. All right. Well, I'm super excited. We've got a great podcast for you guys today. It's not every day that the Cardinals make it to the playoffs. So we've got a ton of Cardinals talk for you guys. But before we get into it, let's get started with our Valley Sports temperature check and originally i wasn't going to do include the cardinals in the temperature check because we're going to be talking about them a little bit later on but cheerston just sat in on the cardinals players availability and she heard from jj watt who we all know has been dealing with a shoulder injury and hasn't seen any action for a while so cheerston what was the latest on that and it seems like you're pretty fired up about it well yeah fired up because we didn't know that we were going to hear from jj watt today especially with the fact that, you know, Cliff said, hey, we're going to see what he does at practice on Thursday. We have no idea, you know, whether or not he's going to play, whether or not we're going to activate him. And I thought that that was the end of what we were really going to hear for the next couple of days regarding J.J. Watt. And then all of a sudden they make him available and he was saying all the right things, as he always does. He's fantastic with the media. He's a leader. Uh, He knows the right things to say, represents this team so well. And, you know, he was saying, like one of my favorite quotes, 
towards the end was uh, you said, you know, I'm not doing all this work trying to come back in half the time for no reason. I'm here to try and do one thing, and that's accomplish our ultimate goal, of course, uh, to win a Super Bowl. But he, uh, you know, if fans weren't fired up for Monday's game and the potential of his return, they are for sure fired up after hearing everything he had to say today. Yeah, absolutely, it, Johnny. It just yeah, is, am I the only one? Oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Espo. Am I the only one that feels like outside of this Watt return, like I would be thinking that the Cardinals do not stand a chance in this game. And this is the only thing that I'm really hanging on to right now, because I, I really do think they were undefeated with him. And mm-hmm. if he's back and practicing and he's been practicing privately with, with defensive and offensive linemen for weeks now, I think a lot of people think that just because he's going to return to practice Thursday publicly, he hasn't been doing anything. And that's not the case. I do think this is the X factor. I know a lot of the national media will roll their eyes on it because Watt tends to have a flair for the dramatic, so to speak. But my opinion is I I just feel like if they're going to win this game, he will have a big part in those efforts. It seems like there's no chance that he's not going to play if they've gone to this whole playing it up and the Twitter thing last week. Now let him talk to the media. It's a giant letdown, I would think, even for his team, but especially for the fans, if you go to all this trouble and then all of a sudden it's like, just kidding, J.J. isn't ready, we're not doing this. Uh, you know, and I love the flair for the dramatic. What what else are we watching sports for other than this sense of the of the dramatic? If it was just normal and mundane, what the hell's the point, right? So I love J.J.'s flair for the dramatic. Well, and when people, especially the national media, they talk about J.J. Watt, they seem to have like a little bit of a negative spin on it. Because they're like, why are Cardinals fans so excited about this? Like, if you look at his numbers, you know, he hasn't really done, there's not a lot of stocks there, whatever it might be. But I think that's just like overgeneralizing and really simplifying or minimizing the impact that J.J. Watt has on this team. Like, he provides so much leadership, so much like morale boosting. Like, he has a huge impact on this team. And I don't think it's fair to just look at his numbers and say, well, I mean, if J.J. Watt comes back, I guess he comes back because I think it's a big deal. And I think people deserve to be excited about it because he does so much for this team. Do you guys remember when the Cardinals played Carolina? I know we all tried to forget. And it was Cam Newton's return to the team. And all of his teammates were psyched about it. He was a spark for them. They ended up getting up for that game and beating the Cardinals. And I kind of feel like you could point to that to, as to something along the lines of what we would expect J.J. Watt's presence alone to be for the Cardinals. Uh, you know, and I've said this on the PHNX Cardinals podcast, this team has watched J.J. practice individually and train on the side during their practices every single day, come back in half time to have a guy that wants to be out there so badly to help you and the team succeed in the postseason and a guy that every one of his teammates is cheering for to succeed as well and to make this comeback. I mean, there's there's nothing more that you could ask for in terms of a postseason spark. Yeah, he is. It's cliche to say he's a player coach and they were undefeated and a dominant team off to a historic start with him in the lineup, even with missing Rodney Hudson at times and Chandler Jones and Kyler maybe being a little inconsistent. They were winning games easily. And to Mayla's point, people who roll their eyes on Watt returning did not see this team early in this season. We know that, right? The national media was disrespectful of this Cardinal team up until, I would say, 
the Green Bay game. And oh, by the way, that was the first game that Watt had missed. So I, I just think it gives them a a piece of confidence that they otherwise do not have right now, being one and four in their last five weeks. You know, as much as I love a lot of the players they have on defense, Chandler and Buddha and Jordan Hicks, none of them can emulate the same kind of confidence in their teammates for whatever reason the number 99 can. And it's an infectious personality. They look to him. So whether or not you want to say that's a criticism of, of Cliff Kingsbury, like, Cliff, why can't you get this out of your team? At the end of the day, this is somebody everybody unquestionably knows, one of the greatest players of his generation, going to the Hall of Fame. You have him going into battle against an LA team that has dominated with you, dominated you. I just think it gives him the, the best opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, and I don't think you can overlook the fact that you're playing Matthew Stafford as well. So getting pressure on the quarterback, he's a guy that's prone to making mistakes, right? Making bad decisions. So if JJ can create more pressure for this defensive front, that hopefully will lead to some easier plays for that defensive backfield that's been struggling as of late, and they can get some easy picks off of a guy that that seems to do it a lot. Yeah, definitely. I'm super excited to see J.J. Watt hopefully take the field on Monday. I know Cardinals fans are probably feeling the same way. I love J.J. Watt. We need some more Watt on the field. Um, speaking of a flair for the dramatic, though, <laughs> moving on to the sentence. Oh, actually, Chris, uh, Chris in the comment saying, I'm excited about J.J., but still worried about pressing and the jumble effect on changing out pieces. Ooh, that's it. Okay. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, they've had turnover to, to Espo's point in the secondary. I do think they're going to get Marco Wilson back. I think there's a chance that they could activate Brashad Breland, who's played this Ram team already this season. They're going to be in a much better place injury-wise defensively than they were last week against Seattle at home. And, I, you know, I also think this Rams team is is incredibly banged up. So if we're, if we're going to use injuries as an excuse for the Cardinals, you'd have to do it for the Rams too, which tells me there would be no Everybody should try to go this week. If you're Jordan Phillips, if you're Rondell Moore, we're going to see guys give it their all. Chase Edmonds, James Conner to be back out there because the Cardinals lose the season's over. So I would be confident that plus to get the extra day on Monday that most everybody is at least going to try to play. Yeah. Well, hopefully that makes you feel a little bit better, Chris. As a reminder, if you guys are watching on Twitter, come on over to our YouTube channel and join us in the comments. We love it when you guys comment. We want to include you in the show. So let us know you're here. Say hi. What's up in the comments? And if you're watching on Twitter, come on over to YouTube. Um, and speaking of the flair of the dramatic, um, I'm pretty sure Devin Booker has beef with a dinosaur. Esmo, <laughs> is it true that the Toronto Raptor mascot and Devin Booker are sworn mortal enemies now? I don't know about sworn mortal enemies after the game book said he and the and the Raptor patched it up. But what the hell? First off, why is the Raptor even there? There's no fan, so who the hell is he entertaining? I get it. He wants his paycheck, but go sit up in the stands, enjoy the game. Don't, like, break the, the rules. Like, I'm pretty sure there were rules put in place when they were playing in front of empty arenas last year that mascots, team staff, those kind of things could not try to distract players. So I don't understand why it's any different in Toronto without fans right now. Uh, Are I also, you what, go ahead, Kirsten. Espel, it almost seems like you disagree, like you don't like the fact that the Raptor was there. And that was the best moment in the NBA this entire season. That was freaking hilarious. And you know what? The Suns still won the game. It's no, it's just, funny. It's, but I get, I get Devin Booker's point. Like he's taking a lot of crap, right? But 
this that it's one thing when there's you know seventeen thousand people in the stands, everybody making noise, people waving their arms and everything, but the fact that it's one guy dressed as a freaking dinosaur jumping up and down, waving his arms while you're trying to shoot a free throw. I'd imagine that is distracting when that's the only thing going on in the arena. So I don't blame him. And the refs did the right thing and putting him in timeout as well. Was it entertaining for, for the internet? Yes. Is it a fun meme? Sure. I don't understand why Devin Booker is taking crap from certain national people though, because it was his his attitude was the right attitude towards it. Get the hell out of the way. Also, why did they have a 15-foot inflatable raptor walking around, too? Like, that made no sense either. If I'm the gorilla when, when they come back here, I know there's fans here, but I'm getting 15-foot-long arms, right? And I'm standing behind the basket, and I'm waving 15-foot uh, ridiculous arms and making a big stink uh, just because of the raptor. I feel bad for the city of Toronto and the fact they can't have fans. So I, I'm with Cheerson. I don't think I can complain about the Raptor doing his thing. You want some kind of home field advantage or home field atmosphere and or home court. You don't have that right now. And the Suns do. Everybody else in the NBA, correct me if I'm wrong, has the environment of fans in the crowd. And so correct. if you, if you want to have your mascot screw around, like I, it doesn't bother me. And Devin Booker, historically has always kind of been compared to like a Kobe Bryant. You think Kobe Bryant would have been bothered yes. by the round? Yeah. Kobe Bryant would have gotten this guy fired. Kobe would have gotten this guy fired at halftime. He would have dropped 60 points in the Raptors' face. He would have dunked on the Raptor. He would not have made it a big deal. But thankfully it worked out for the best and they cleared the air afterwards. I, I think that the way that Devin handled it afterwards made the story even better. I also think that both the stuffed and inflatable Raptors should both get raises. And guess what? For sure, the Suns are going to get back with the gorilla when the Raptors yeah. are in town. And that only furthers the narrative and gets fans more involved in these games. It's Look, a win-win. I have a, th- I have a theory, and it got... It got shot down on the Sun Show, but they're not as educated and classy as the group we have here. My theory, my theory is that Drake was actually in the Raptor costume because Drake loves going to Raptors games. It's the only way he can get in, right? No fans allowed. Uh, So that's why they squashed the beef after because Drake and Devin are friends. So what Drake went back, pulled the head off, and went, "Hey, I'm sorry, book." And they went, "Oh, okay, no beef here." Otherwise, Devin should have beef with this raptor for for eternity. All right. I'm a thousand percent on board with that conspiracy theory. Just the imagery of Jake of Drake in a raptor's costume just like makes my entire life. I would pay actual money to see Drake pop out of that raptor's costume. <laughs> um, <laughs> but with the win, they did beat the Raptors. Thankfully, they improved to 31 and nine on the season. They have the best record in the NBA. Um, Espo, are we positive that this is the best team in the NBA right now, even with Clay Thompson's return to the Warriors? <clears throat> the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Yes, I'm 100% confident that that is, is the case. And I heard, uh, you know, I I don't know if I can share this, but I'm going to anyway. Somebody told me okay. a right rival NBA executive in the Western conference, uh, their front office staff feels that the Suns are significantly better 
than the Warriors, that they are the best team in the NBA. So I'm not alone in that thinking. Maybe maybe me, this front office, and no one else, but I'm all right on that island. Espel, let me ask you a question. I've already asked this to you before, and this shows my novice basketball intellect, but do they need to make a move to re-solidify their place in the Western Conference? Because you know once Clay gets his legs under him, they're going to hit the ground running in the second half. This is a this is a trade I feel like that's been posed for like the last six months. I think it's ridiculous, but there are people out there that want a DeAndre for a Carl Anthony Towns kind of trade. And I don't think that's going to happen. But is there is there a trade that makes sense for you to bolster this team so that come playoff time next summer they're not running out of gas again in the finals? Yeah, two positions I'm looking at: backup point guard campaign has fallen very short of the standard. He said last year, some are saying it's a regression to the mean, and this is more of who Cam is. Uh, so, so I'm worried about campaign. And then the power forward spot, uh, A Bobby Marks of ESPN put out a thing saying, suggesting a uh, Robert Covington from uh, from Portland for Jalen Smith, Dario Saric, and two, two second-round picks. That's the kind of move I think they do. They dabble yeah. around the edges. They unfortunately have to throw in Dario because of – salary requirements Jalen Smith gets dangled out there as the potential and you bring a guy back that's a proven veteran can kind of do what Tory Craig did for you at that spot and then you have to try to figure out what's the insurance policy of point guard hey Michaela you're muted well sorry guys that I knew that was gonna happen at some point in the podcast <laughs> um Friedman in the comments saying James Jones has something up his sleeve I definitely agree I think he's got something cooking in the kitchen um before the trade deadline hits um Espo thinks the Suns are the best team in the NBA I agree but what's not the best thing in the NBA is NBA all-star voting um <laughs> we got an updated list of the fan vote and I know Clay Thompson is back now, but he wasn't. And he was ahead of Devin Booker, the NBA All-Star votes. And I just want to know why. Why? Why? Why do we let this happen? That is criminal. Because up until his first game back, I think it was, what, two days ago now? Yesterday, two days ago? Um, he hadn't played a single game this season. So I'm a little I'm a little mad at the NBA All-Star voting as well. <laughs> yeah, fan voting stupid. That's the simple answer because – it's much like, uh, I don't know, you guys may not have had this problem, but in high school, it's a popularity contest. And if you weren't on the popular list, you weren't going to, you know, win uh, win any awards or get to do anything uh, too major there. That's kind of what the, the NBA fan voting is. Clay plays in San Francisco. Clay plays with Steph Curry. Clay gets all the benefit of that because people are going to see that on the ballot and go, oh, yeah, Clay Thompson, I'm throwing my – Throw my. Uh, I know his my name. Vote. I'm putting him on my list. Yeah. Oh, he, he plays with Steph. Uh, well, I like Steph. Sure. And that's how it happens. It's the NBA's fault, though. He shouldn't have been on the ballot. I'm sorry, but if you haven't played in two years, there's no reason you should show up being able to be voted for in the All Star. I get they'll say, well, we didn't know if he was going to come back. With most of this digital now, keep him off the ballot until he actually starts playing. Then you can put him back up. I have two thoughts. One, I thought the Kendall Jenner tweet was going to break the all-star voting in Devin Booker's favor, and he was going to be uh, at the top of the list for that reason alone. I don't know anybody who talks about Devin Booker in a negative light uh, in terms of a player that you hate or dislike 
And after a finals run, I think everybody across the country began to learn his name. I will say, I wonder, can you retract your voting? Is the Raptor situation going to hurt his cause in the all-star voting? Only in Toronto, and nobody cares about Toronto. So. <laughs> Except for the Sorry, Lee. <laughs> um, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. A nice Canadian, so sorry, Leah. We hate to hate on Canada. <laughs> it's difficult, too, because we're dealing with the same thing with Pro Bowl voting in the NFL. When you fast forward, when guys retire, it is used. Also, voting in Pro Bowl voting is used for, first, I should say, for Hall of Fame credentials and legacies, and guys reference that. So to think about, like, yeah, Clay Thompson's probably going to go in the Hall of Fame, but if you're a fringe Hall of Famer and you get in because of stupid fan vote once upon a time, that that impacts legacy. And, you know, you look at the Chargers and the Colts, I think, had two of the most star-studded Pro Bowl teams in the NFL this year in the AFC. Now they're in the playoffs, right? The Niners had, I think, the most in the in the NFC, and they're the sixth seed. So it is a popularity contest. It should be, in my opinion, Espo, it should be players 100%. And it should be executives, and that's and the fans. I'm sorry, you do. We get to interact enough now with Twitter. You get to yell at players on Twitter. You don't need to vote for the All Star game. Yeah, Chris making a great point. So I think that the fan voting isn't that stupid. It's the stupid fans voting, and that's where we're at. I a thousand percent agree so, with you, Chris. So um, I Q test before you can fan vote. I'm in. Let's- I'm also in for that. Um, before we move on um, to our main topic of the day, let's finish up the temperature check with the Coyotes, uh, Austin Matthews, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Speaking of Canada, it's just a Toronto week, I guess, apparently. Um, they are in town tonight to take on the Coyotes. The Coyotes, they're sitting at 7-23-3 and, and dead last in the Central Division. The Leafs are third in the Atlantic Division, sitting at 28-8-3. and three. Um, I don't imagine this going very well for the Coyotes tonight. Um, I could be wrong, but unfortunately, um, I don't see a uh, win on the books for the Coyotes in this matchup. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Um, There's also some news regarding the Coyotes arena deal in Tempe. Um, It's not looking too good, but for more information on that, make sure you go check out the latest from Craig Morgan on gophnx.com. While you're there, sign up to be a member. We've got a ton of great perks of being a member of the PHNX family. You get exclusive content, um, all written by our extremely talented beat writers. You get access to our members-only Discord, where we're all in there chatting with you all the time um, about games, about anything going on in the sports world. Um, If you sign up to be an annual member, you get a free shirt. I'm wearing our PHNX letters shirt. I don't know if any of you guys have on any PHNX shirts. Esso's got the gray PHNX flag. Um, oh, Johnny coming in with the he's on fire shirt. Um, <laughs> great stuff, great shirts. Make sure you sign up to be a member. Subscribe to gophnx.com today. We would love to welcome you to the PHNX family. Um, and the last team on our temperature check is the Diamondbacks. There hasn't been a lot of baseball news recently because of the lockout, but when there is, I like to update you guys. Obviously, um, there has been some movement. The league and the Players Association have finally agreed to meet. Uh, they'll be meeting tomorrow to hold a bargaining session, and the league is expected to make an economics proposal at the session, which is probably going to go nowhere, um, knowing how the rapport between the MLBPA and the league is. I'm not expecting much to come out of that meeting. Again, hopefully I'm wrong. I have been wrong in the past. I'll be the first to admit it, but um, I'm getting a little discouraged with baseball. I don't know if you guys (laughs) feel the same, but 
it is not great watching uh, them do absolutely nothing during this period. <laughs> well, at least we're not like a month away from pitchers and catchers supposed to be reporting or anything. So, oh wait, yes we are. Oh yeah, yeah that is <laughs> four weeks. Uh, it's not like we're up against a timeline or anything. Um, yeah, super frustrated with that. Um, but hopefully I'm wrong and they can get something done. I don't see that happening. However. Um, all right, that was your Valley Sports temperature check. Before we get into our Cardinals playoff mania talk, I've got to talk to you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer coming down to Super Bowl 56. New customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game, bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. All customers can get in on the DraftKings Hammer the Over promotion for every 5,000 bettors who take the over for Saturday night's Patriots versus Bills game. The point total will lower by half a point. Hammer the Over has hit zero every time DraftKings has run it, so bettors won when the first point was scored. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PHNX, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PHNX this wildcard weekend at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and up only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, eligibility restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, how about let's talk about some Cardinals playoffs, you guys? Yeah, why not? Okay. It's only days I'm away. I'm excited about this because um, I haven't had to cheer for a football team in the playoffs in a really long time. So I'm super excited about the Cardinals being in the playoffs. Just to give everyone some historical context, uh, the Cardinals, since moving to Arizona, this is only the sixth time the Cardinals have made it to the playoffs. They've missed out on the other 28 seasons since being in Arizona. Tirsten, do you think we are aware of how significant the Cardinals making the playoffs is. I would say there's a fraction of the fan base that's just excited to have them make the postseason, but there is maybe a larger amount of the fan base that's just disappointing, disappointed in the way that this regular season ended and the way that they're heading into the postseason because the expectations were super high to start the season, and now there's not a ton of confidence that they'll actually make a run in the postseason. So I think a lot of fans are like, okay, awesome, they made the postseason, but do we have like a ton of confidence that they're they're going to do anything with the opportunity? No. So unfortunately, it is a big deal. Uh, it's a big deal uh, when you're kind of defending what Cliff has done as a head coach, what Kyler's done as, as starting quarterback in three years, because hey, this this franchise does not have a long history of uh, postseason history. So it's definitely an accomplishment. I think fans just would have rather gone into it with more momentum. Yeah, I'll double down. It, it you know you go back to the Arians years when they did make the playoffs in 2014, 2015. That 2014 team was limping to the finish because they had they had no players left. Both Drew Stanton and Carson Palmer were injured. I think a lot of people had realistic expectations that, okay, we're, we're not happy to be here, or we're not just happy to be here, but we understand the circumstances. And, of course, the next year they got to the NFC Championship game, 
I think because of Michael Bidwell's comments after last year's collapse, it was clear it was playoff or bust. And then going into the season, expectations changed when you were seven and zero, when you were ten and two, when you made a trade for Zach Ertz, right? When JJ Watt supposedly is on the comeback trail, it's like okay, we've got some momentum. Maybe we won't be the one seed, right? The Packers seem kind of destined for that since they beat the Cardinals. But goodness, we've got a ninety-five percent chance or better to win the division. We've been trying to win the division. Just I've been talking about this since the Lola tailgate game on Monday Night Football against the Rams, which was four weeks ago. They've had an opportunity yeah. to win the division. Couldn't do it, right? And so now, because of their own self-inflicting errors week after week, not only do they have to play on the road, they have to go against a coach that they're one and nine against historically, right? That is coming off he himself a bad loss. So they just, how many times have we said this historically with this franchise, they can't get out of their own way. And we want to be excited and, you know, to the Cardinals credit, to the to their social media, to everybody involved, like they're not pubbing up this playoff as like, look what we did. We're so proud of this effort. Like they sold playoff tickets for this weekend that they now have to refund. And they know that's a bad look. So while I do think everything can be remedied with a win on Monday night and the season can be viewed as a success, I, I just the standards should change now moving forward that, yeah, they've made the playoffs six times in, you know, 34 years or whatever it is, but they, they should have had a much, much better end to the season. Come, come on, Johnny. I mean, I, you're about my age. We've been fans of this team since we were kids. Uh, we were saddled with it from our fathers. I know we both were, right. it wasn't, it wasn't a choice necessarily, but it is a big deal. I understand it matters how you get in, right? That is important. But is it? it is a big deal that they are in because we've only – this is only the sixth time we've ever seen it. Like, we, we do not get this very often. So I appreciate the fact they're in. I don't take it for granted that we're going to get to watch playoff football on Monday and that our team in Arizona is there for only the sixth time. That said – the expectation was raised when they were sitting at 7-0 that they, they were the best team at the NFL at one point. And the fact that they backslid from that and the fact that this isn't the first time Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury team has done this uh, is problematic. The fact that Kyler Murray was an MVP candidate and seemingly disappeared every other week is a problem. But they come out on Monday night, as you said, and if they take care of business in L.A., the perspective and, and the perception changes again, just like they won in Dallas. The perception changed after the three game slide. If they had beat the Seahawks and won the division, we're talking differently. Oh, look at that. The Cardinals did it. They found a way to, to have that home game, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they're playing on the road. I get it. It's the playoffs. You want your home crowd, but they were three and five at home. Right. And they only lost one time on the road this year. One of the best road teams we've ever seen. I'm okay with them going into L.A., but they have to take care of business. So, Espo, you have to look at it when, from a realistic perspective. When you take a look at what they've done down the stretch, and you look at loss after loss after loss, losing four of their last five, and we can't quite put a finger on what's wrong with this team. It ranges from everything from lack of effort and getting up for, uh, for big games in big-time situations and opportunities, chance to win the division, to 
your offensive line coming out healthy for the first time this season with the, with the unit that they're hoping to have in the postseason, and and them underperforming big time to your receivers underperforming big time to your run defense to your secondary. I mean, when you when fans take a, a hard look at okay, I, hey, when they initially secured a spot in the playoffs, fans were ecstatic, and then they lost again, and then they lost again, and then they lost their opportunity to win the division. We're not trying to be negative, but for a fan's perspective, with with it being excited for just making it to the playoffs is one thing. Being excited because fans truly believe they have a chance to make a run in the playoffs and get past the wild card round, two different things. So we're all excited for the Cardinals, and we're all excited to, uh, to be talking about playoff football, right? But I just think there's an element, and J.J. Watt, we talked about that at the beginning of the show, sort of changes a little bit of that for sure, but take him out of the equation. I just think that fans are really bummed because there's not a ton of hope right now that they're actually going to be able to do something with that opportunity. Look, I get that. And there's going to be plenty of time for the autopsy here in a couple of weeks if they don't go <laughs> and run. We'll, we'll spend lots of time pulling it apart and, and diagnosing and going, that that was the problem, right? Please don't but make me do that next week. Please, please. <laughs> I'm not ready. Maybe we'll give you two weeks, Johnny. And I get it. Thank I don't you. talk. I don't have to talk Cardinals football every day. I get to hop in on one of these or hop in on your show uh, once in a blue moon. Johnny and I are and walk away. I, I know, I, and I get it. Look, but I came from the perspective of I always expected something to to go wrong here because that's the Arizona Cardinals as well. Like I've just been conditioned yeah. to expect this, so I'm not. I wasn't floored. I wasn't like, oh my god, the world's coming to an end because I expected this to happen. They were playing over their skis early in the season, right? Everybody picked them to finish actually dead last in this division. Uh, they mm-hmm. they were playing above their ceiling for a while. They regressed back to the pack and probably, in, especially in the Detroit loss, further than they should have, right? Now's yeah. the time we're going to find out who the real Cardinals are. We've seen the best. We've seen the worst. Now it's, it's put up or shut up. Which team, which combination of those two teams shows up on Monday? History suggests it's probably going to be closer to what we saw the second half of the season in the first half, but my hope is that they find those superhero capes. Kyler Murray decides, yeah, I want to be a star in this league, and he goes out and he shows out on Monday night. We are five days away from potentially two teams from the NFC West, not the Cardinals advancing to the division round. Yep. That That's a terrible place to be if you're Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. We're definitely going to need uh, Kyler and Co. to open a can of whoop-ass on Monday. Um, they need to figure it out and get that momentum going. Um, they are matching up against the Rams. And by the numbers, really quickly, the Cardinals overall finished the season 11-6 and six with an 8-1 and away record. They've got an 8th-ranked offense and an 11th-ranked defense. The Rams on the other side of the ball overall finished the season 12-5. and five. Their home record is 5-3. and three. They've got the 9th-ranked offense and 17th-ranked defense. So, I mean, by the numbers, the Cardinals, they're technically, I mean, by the numbers, the better team in this situation. Obviously, you know, they're playing on the road, so they've done better on the road this entire year. But like you guys have all mentioned, there's just like a cloud of, I guess, skepticism or doubt around this team with how they finished the year. 
I want to know from each of you, what are you the most confident in in this matchup? And what are you the most worried about in this matchup specifically with the Rams? Um, let's yeah, Okay. Uh, most confident. I do think that the Cardinal pass rush will show up. I think between JJ Watt, Chandler Jones, Zach Allen, who think that they get pressure on Matthew Stafford. And I think dupe him into some turnovers. He will turn the ball over. Now they turned over Russell Wilson twice last week that led to immediate touchdowns and they still lost. So I don't know if that will guarantee a victory, but I, I, I do like the defense to, to force uh, a couple turnovers and the pressure to be there. So that's what I'm most confident in. Yeah, the uh, 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 Rams opponents have unlocked the key to success against this team, and that's disrupting Matthew Stafford. He's turnover prone, and we've seen that down the stretch as well. And it's worth noting that as much as we are questioning Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, uh, here in Arizona, regardless of how the Rams finished down the stretch, they lost their season finale and fans there in LA are calling Sean McVay incompetent, uh, picking apart his play calling, picking apart Matthew Stafford. They blew a 17 point lead to end the season. Now they still had the payoff of winning the division despite the loss, but Sean McVay's now 45 and one when leading at the half, like this was a win or this was a loss for them that really crushed a lot of momentum that they had heading into the postseason. So if you take a look at the conversation in LA surrounding the confidence in their head coach and their quarterback, uh, it's not great right now. So I will say that, but the fact that the Cardinals also already beat this team in LA now, historically they haven't had success against Sean McVay and the Rams, but they did, they were able to unlock uh, a win. And a lot of that had to do with um, shutting down Matt Stafford and, you know, causing him to make mistakes. So they know what it's going to take to beat this team. And they've already done it once this season on top of that, the Rams, don't have the momentum they could have had heading into the postseason. So those are some things that make me a little confident. I am most confident in the fact that the Cardinals have the best quarterback in the matchup and the best looking head coach. Those are the <laughs> the two things I'm most confident in. I'll put my money on uh, on Kyler being a better quarterback uh, than Stafford and, and will handle this pressure better. Kyler seems to show out in in those biggest of matchups on the biggest of stages this is going to be the biggest stage he's had yet in his career uh and then yeah cliff kingsbury is just a dream boat compared to sean mcveigh so <laughs> cliff also uh, said today in his press conference that he kind of reiterated what you're saying espo that Kyler's been waiting his entire NFL career the past three years for an opportunity like this. And he fully expects him to probably play one of the best games, if not the best game of his career on Sunday. And uh, his teammates also reiterated, there's something about these, the flashy lights, the big time moments that just Kyler, that allows Kyler Murray to shine. So hopefully we see one of the best games, if not the best game of Kyler's career, because with all the issues that they have going on around him, they certainly could use some Murray magic in this game. Yeah, Murray magic. They need an angry Cliff Kingsbury, like Elon Musk said in the comments. Um, we need bad guy Cliff, not good guy Cliff. 
Uh, Elon also saying that the Cardinals agree with Tiersen, saying that the Cardinals always play decent against the Rams this season. So that should make you guys feel a little bit better. Um, in terms of things that you're worried about, uh, hopefully there are no dinosaurs behind the end zone, like Chris said in the comments. Yes, let's hope there are no dinosaurs. Um, what are you guys worried about? Who do you think needs to step up? Um, what concerns you the most about this matchup? There are a lot of things that concern me. Uh, I, I could I could pick one or two. I'm confident I could pick about four or five that concern me. I think to NFL AZ Cardinals point in the chat. Listen, yeah, you know they're rolling out Eric Weddle off the couch to start at safety at 37 years old for the Rams, but the Seahawks were missing both of their starting safeties last week, and it didn't matter. I would say my biggest concern is this offense as a whole that for the better part of five weeks, has not scored more than two offensive touchdowns. Not total points as a team, but just, hey, Kyler Murray's led offense can only score two touchdowns per game right now. DJ Humphreys at left tackle, major concern coming back from COVID last week, was a shell of himself. And then this Cardinal passing game. You know, I, I would focus on Zach Ertz, but, man, A.J. Green last week, dropping passes, Antoine Wesley disappeared. Is this Christian Kirk's last game as, as an Arizona Cardinal? You know, I've got concerns, of course, on the other side of the football, too. But it's just this is Cliff Kingsbury's bread and butter. And I know maybe no Hopkins, probably no Hopkins, no Chase Edmonds, no maybe no James Conner. Like you got to manufacture points. The San Francisco 49ers, who have a liability quarterback, just put on a show offensively in the second half and ran up the scoreboard and basically did whatever they wanted. And so you've got Kyler Murray. I think you've got the quarterback advantage in this game to, to Cheerson and Espo's point. Can you manufacture 27, 31 points offensively? Because if they do, I think that's good enough to win. Jerson? Yeah, I would say it's a toss-up in terms of just, if I'm looking at it, just purely offense as a whole or defense as a whole in terms of what concerns me the most. And I'm like, okay, well, shoot. Like, that's a hard one to pick because they both have a plethora of issues. But I'm going to go ahead and say, offense would be the bigger issue or question mark I would say because but in terms of injuries things could definitely change as we head into Monday but I would say to to uh to Johnny's point the passing game uh the receivers are definitely a concern I don't want to continue to harp on AJ Green but what we saw on Sunday was absolutely atrocious between his dropped passes uh catches to his penalties I mean it, it was really bad. And the Cliff needs to get receivers more involved. Hopefully we'll have a guy like Rondale Moore back and, and maybe Cliff will be able to actually get him involved the right way, stretch the field, et cetera. So a lot of things are up in the air. And then you get you go to the run game. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with their two top running backs and Chase Edmonds and James Connor, right? And so if they have all their pieces, if they get a guy like Rondale back and they have both the running backs and they're both you know, maybe they won't be a hundred percent, but they're both able to be effective in the way that we know that tandem can be. Then I would say, okay, maybe we have a little less, but then you could go to the, you could put to the offensive line, et cetera. So you could go down the list. I, I feel, I truly feel like every single unit on offense and defense needs to improve. So I don't even know that I've got, uh, you know, like one glaring for sure. This needs to improve. But if I were to pick a, a side of the ball, I would say offensively, they need to get going because just to Johnny's point, they can't score more than two touchdowns. They're going to need to score more than two touchdowns. Yeah. To me, it's the running backs. Uh, when you're down to you know, what likely is 
or potentially is Eno Benjamin. I have a rule: don't trust a sun devil. So, uh, so <laughs> that's uh, problematic. <laughs> but seriously, though, when you when you're down to what is likely or potentially one running back that's really healthy. That means your run game's gonna have to rely on trick plays, sweeps. It's gonna have to be Kyler a lot. And what San Francisco so did so well last week was out physical the Rams. You know, mm-hmm. and this Cardinals team can't do that right now. If James Connor's not there, you're not gonna out physical. You're all finesse. And I don't know that that's what worries me the most. Can they get can they outsmart the defense for the Rams? Can they use the things that made that offense so dynamic in the first few weeks that weren't involving James Conner or Chase Edmonds to keep things interesting. I don't like the fact that you're probably going to have to rely on Kyler's legs as much as his arm in this game to try to get it done. So running game concerns me the most. All right. Well, there you have it. That is what is concerning us and what we're most uh, confident in. There are other things that we are confident in, including bets. Johnny, there are many things that you can bet on in this game against the Rams. What are some fun things that you're going to bet on? What are you for sure putting some money on that you're the most excited about on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? So I'm a big chicken. I haven't picked one way or the other whether or not I think the Cardinals can cover the three and a half point spread. Um, So I'll I'll save that for later in the week. But I do think the over-under of of 49, I'm taking the under just because the Cardinals have historically had trouble scoring against this Rams team. And I do think the Cardinals are going to put forth a, a strong defensive effort. If you look back to even last season, that Week 17 finale was a low-scoring game. Um, so, so that's that's one number right now that you can get minus 110. You cannot right now because the game is so late in the week get any player props. Check back on Friday, Saturday, and I would tell you put the house on Zach Ertz and a couple of prop bets as it relates to the star tight end. He's been by far the Cardinals' most reliable pass catcher. The Rams are incredibly susceptible to being beat with a tight end. Max Williams had a big game earlier this season. Dan Arnold used to always have uh, touchdowns against the Rams, so could be first touchdown, anytime touchdown. I think this is the first time in Arizona Cardinal football history that they have a tight end over 100 yards. He was close last week at 85. I think it could be the Zach Ertz game over the middle of the field. Kyler's ultimate uh, safety blanket right now. Any prop as it relates to to number 86, that's what I'm leaning toward. All right. There you have it. Make sure to check out our PHNX Bets podcast every Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock. Johnny, Shane, our Bets crew, they give you all the best props, everything that you want to take on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Make sure you use code PHNX when you sign up at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Also, make sure to check out our PHNX Cardinals podcast featuring Johnny and Cheerson. They also do a podcast every day, Monday through Friday, um, and a post-game show after the games. They've got everything you need to know, more in-depth on everything Cardinals. It is a fantastic show. If you want to celebrate the Cardinals being in the playoffs for the first time since 2015, you have to buy our brand-new shirt. It's the Bird Gang, y'all. We are repping Bird Gang out here. We just dropped this new shirt yesterday. Um, It's one of my favorite shirts we've ever done. So if you want to celebrate the cards being in the playoffs, go pick up that brand new shirt. And also, if you're a PHNX member, if you buy one Cardinal shirt, you get one half off for our deal of the week. This is exclusively only for PHNX members. So this is just another reason to head over to gophnx.com and sign up to become a member of the PHNX family. You get access to exclusive deals like these. Who doesn't want buy one, get one half off of our Cardinal shirts because they're pretty cool. 
Um, before we go, I've got a fun game that I want to play with you guys. So you're going to have to indulge me for a sec because it's time for <laughs> this or that with Mac. <laughs> oh, God, you got, the, you got the winky emoji now. Uh oh. Um, shout out to our art director, Arnold, for making that awesome graphic. I'm obsessed with it. I'm super excited to play this game. And also, anyone who's watching now on YouTube, Please comment in the chat what you would pick. You can play along with us. We want to know which you would pick in each situation. If you're listening on Twitter, head over to YouTube right now so you can get in on this game. If you're listening to this audio-only version, I'm so sorry, but make sure you watch our show live every Wednesday. All right, let's get into our first question. This is a would-you-rather type of situation. Would you take this or that? Would you sacrifice all of the teams in the Valley and win 10 Super Bowls in your lifetime, have the Cardinals win 10 Super Bowls in your lifetime, or you get to keep all of the teams in the Valley, but you'll never see the Cardinals win a Super Bowl in your lifetime. Am I allowed to ask do? a question about this, Mac? <laughs> oh, sure. <I> so. <laughs> when you say sacrifice, are we literally sacrificing or they the teams just disband? It's the a key here. I need disband. to know. I don't, for my response, Espo, I don't need that clarity. Give me the 10 <laughs> Super Bowls. I don't need that clarity. I'll sell my soul right now for 10 Lombardis uh, at State Farm Stadium. I'm sorry to everybody else. I just feel like I have to answer that way because it is genuinely how I feel. As much as I love to watch a 100-loss Diamondback team or a Coyote team finish last, uh, with all due respect to the Suns, Espo, um, you're sacrificed for my 10 Super Bowls. <laughs> I would say if it was anything less than 10, like if it was sacrifice all the rest of the teams for the Cardinals to win a Super Bowl, I would say that's not a fair trade. I'll keep the rest of the teams because I feel like the Suns have a chance to actually win a championship. But if you're talking 10 Super Bowls, that's a lot of Super Bowls. And I would probably have to lean in that direction. Oh, all right. We. We got Johnny and Chirsten Thanos down there. They just wiped out everybody's jobs but their own. I see how it is. <laughs> also, Johnny and I will do anything to climb to the top. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I'd I'd sacrifice all the other teams for ten Super Bowls because of. But I I wonder. I genuinely wonder. Right, this fan base has wandered the desert, pun intended, for for so long. If you win a Super Bowl, does it become less interesting the, as you progress along in those 10? Does no. it become less satisfying because no. you go, eh, I've been here, done that? No, no. way. No. Look at the freaking Patriots. They're like. Yeah, but, but mass holes are a whole different group of people. So I can say that I was born there. Uh, so, no, look, uh, I, I would I'd take the, the Super Bowls as well. Wow, I'm nice. I thought that was going to be more of like a internal battle that we were going to have, especially with Espo and the Suns. Um, James Smith in the comments saying, not dumping the Suns, they're the Valley's first team. That is true. They are the Valley's first team. But even though Espo covers them for a living, uh, he's sacrificing them to watch the Cardinals to, win. To clarify, I'm not going as far as Johnny. I do not want to wipe them off of the planet. But if we were just disbanding the team, I'd take the Super Bowls. All right, there you have it from the words of Espo. Um, all right, question number two. Would you take this or that? Would you rather have lost early in the playoffs or would you rather make it all the way to the Super Bowl and lose, obviously, in context of the Cardinals? You know, if you lose early in the playoffs, you avoid heartbreak. But if you make it to the Super Bowl, at least you can say you made it to the Super Bowl. What are you guys doing in this situation? This or that? 
Number two, uh, easy. So that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No question. Even yeah. if it results in like heartbreak. No. Yeah, rip out. My heart's been beaten and ripped out sometimes that I want a couple playoff wins to enjoy. A- Amen, Johnny. I mean, we've already been through the heartbreak in the Super Bowl. We know what that feels like, and it's a hell of a you lot better. You can't hurt me anymore. No, it's it's a hell of a lot better to hang the NFC Championship banner than to go, hey, we lost in the first round to Sean McVay. So. Oh, okay. See, I thought that it was going to be – See, I don't know. Like, it's obviously a lose-lose situation, literally and figuratively. But I think I would rather lose early in the playoffs. That way I don't have to watch my team get – like, I – I've been in situations where a team I really care about got absolutely destroyed in the Super Bowl and it was heartbreaking to watch. So I think I'm just a little bit uh, triggered by that situation. So I think I'd rather watch them lose early in the playoffs. But then you won the Super Bowl like a, like two years later, right? Or a year later. <laughs> That's you not really the same at all. <laughs> you merely adopted the dark, Michaela. People like Johnny and I were born in it. We were so, born into it. it. That's so. right. Dark is your life now. Uh, James Smith also agreeing with you guys saying Super Bowl and lose. It's probably cursed us. Um, all right. The question number three, this or that, would you rather? Did we lose Michaela? I think we lost Max. So would you rather the Diamondbacks go back to purple, or would you rather the Cardinals get new uniforms or the Diamondbacks go back to teal and purple? Feed me new Cardinal uniforms for the love of God. The Diamondback uniforms aren't terrible. They like, they're fine. People make fun of them. The Cardinals have universally the worst NFL uniforms outside of the white helmet, and the bird. That's my favorite, but the uniform itself is awful. It always gets ranked close to, if not dead last, in every power ranking of uniforms. Please, for the love of God, give me new uniforms next season. Plus, the Diamondbacks have, like, their retro jerseys that they wear anyway. So yeah, you point. get a taste of that, you know, as it is, which I do love those. Don't get me wrong. But the Cardinals, Johnny, you've brought this up enough to where I'm sort of beginning to see – how bad they really are because i'm not yeah. a uniform jersey type of person i typically don't care you're gonna get you converted up, this off season get ready yeah, you've brought it up enough to where <laughs> i kind of have taken a closer look at them and i'm like you know what there is something to this they need an upgrade badly yeah they're the worst uniforms in the nfl you've got one of the i mean sure he's tarnished a little bit the second half of the season but one of the brightest young stars in the game, you got to give this team a uniform that fits the swagger and everything that they have. I want to kind of a throwback, but with a, a future twinge here as well. Like, give me, give me new uniforms. It means a lot to this fan base. It sounds dumb, but it does. It, it massively uh, feels important to this fan base. So, uh, do we have another one, Leah? Oh, we do. Uh, fight one Ram-sized Cardinal or fight a hundred Cardinal-sized Rams? One, I need a second to digest this. One Ram-sized Cardinal or 100 Cardinal-sized Rams? Sorry, everybody. I'm say, back. I lost my internet. I'm back. <laughs> we continued on without you, so we're at uh, fight one Ram-sized Cardinal or fight 100 Cardinal-sized Rams, and Perfect. I'm going to go with one ram-sized cardinal simply because i'd rather have to run away from one thing as opposed to 100 that's terrifying 
Birds, <laughs> birds are the descendants of those raptors we saw last night. Imagine one of them as the size of a ram, right? That thing's going to gouge it. No, 100, 100 rams, uh, cardinal-sized rams. I can step on those things all day. I'm Give me not- a whipple ball bat. Yeah. And just go to town on them on the ground. You're fine. Yeah, not if they engulf your entire body. I'm thinking David and Goliath moment. Take a slingshot and a rock. <laughs> that thing's dead. I have the high wow. ground. I can get on a ladder. We're, we're fine. Cheerson, <laughs> when was when was the last time you used a slingshot? I need to know that because I don't have faith in myself to be able to kill that bird with a slingshot, let alone any other weapons. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not I a gun say- person. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I would say the last time I used a slingshot was probably when I was about six years old. But in my mind, I could get it done. <laughs> uh, um, well, uh, mind and reality, much different sometimes. So. <laughs> I'm so glad that my internet connected back in time for me to hear your answers because that was hilarious. Um, I think I would rather face a hundred cardinal-sized rams because they're small. You can, like, kick them and, like, step on them, which is, like, really sad to say. But, like... <laughs> I think they're much easier manageable when they're small. How about a hundred Johnny size Rams or one, uh, one Ram? No, no, we're not playing this game. No, (laughs) That was for Jane. Jane. Uh, Oh my gosh. All right. Well, there you guys have it. That was our Cardinals playoff mania episode of the Phoenix sports podcast. Thank you to the panel so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you all to who are watching now and who are joining us in the comments. We love when you guys chime in and we get to hear your thoughts. We can catch this show live every Wednesday so that you never miss it. And make sure you subscribe to gophnx.com, become a part of the PHNX family. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to our YouTube channel, ring the bell so you never miss a show. And um, we will see you next week. Go Cards!